Hey everybody, this is the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Sean Harwell. This is a podcast where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and yours. And I'm joined as always by Craig Moorhead. Craig, how are you, sir? Sean, I'm doing fantastic. Um, better than ever? Good. Maybe not. But uh, <laughs> oh. but um, in comparison to sometimes, much better. Mm. Uh, you know, if you count the lowest times. Yeah. Maybe that's Maybe I'm putting too much into this, though. How are you? It just depends where your bar is set, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. really does. Um, I'm pretty good. We had a beautiful day here in North Carolina today. Spend, we're in that little sort of schizophrenic weather pattern time of year where, you know, like damp, rainy, and 50. And then today, beautiful and like almost 80. So you never know, you know? Yeah. You just don't know. You just walk outside in your underwear and that's how you tell. Well, I mean, and and I do that normally, but there are some days mm. where it's 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 yeah, it's hard to say which side it's coming down on. <laughs> okay, um, let's see here. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel like I have anything else to add related to the current situation. So I said we just skip it this week. Um, movie theaters are fighting with studios, agents. And agencies are fighting with uh, the WGA some more. So life is going on. Indeed. And uh, we will do that as well. Craig. Yeah. You want to tell people real quickly where they can come say hello to us if they would like to do so? I'll do that. Uh, if, you, if, if, if anyone can tear themselves away from the entertainment news, uh, you just head on over. You can head on over to Twitter where you'll find us at, at NeverPodcast. Facebook, we're also known as NeverPodcast. Instagram, we're known as N-H-O-I-T Podcast. That's Never Heard of It Podcast. So you can find us there. Get in touch with us if you feel like it. Let us know if there's anything you want us to watch and talk about. We're not going to talk about it with you directly, probably, but you never know. So be ready. Uh, If you're looking for the podcast itself, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. I believe those are still the main places you can find it. Uh, if you find it somewhere else, dear God, let us know. Yeah. We don't want it running around like, <laughs> off its leash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but anywhere you find it, if you can subscribe, please do. Uh, and leave a review. That'd be fantastic. It helps people find us. And that's what we're all about. People finding us. Sean, uh, uh, find us a way into the next segment. I will happily do that. It's like hide-and-seek, isn't it, Craig? It kind of is. And what I'm seeking to know is what else you've watched since the last time we talked. <laughs> How was that? Wow. That, was, that was pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. I, I, I think Let I me take a sip of uh, this Colt 45 because of how smooth it and that was. Oh, yeah. <sighs> oh, jeez. It was actually just tea. Anyway. Yeah, no, I was going to ask uh, <laughs> what's on tap tonight. Nothing. Tea. For the tea. Yeah. Uh... Sean, I watched several movies. Um, uh, I watched uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Now, how was that? And do they actually present it? Like they come out and say, "Hey, we're fast, and I'm furious." And uh, check uh, they, out this no, movie. no they, they don't do that. Yeah, they don't actually have an introduction. Although that would be that'd be pretty great. Yeah, just two cars honking, and I'm like, we're just supposed to understand it, right? I mean, yeah. I, I clearly marketing was like. People aren't going to understand this is a Fast and Furious movie. Definitely not. Whereas I'm looking at it and I'm like, I would know that's a Fast and Furious movie. That'd be a little crazy. Like you use the same font and everything. I don't know how bad you, but anyway, they did it. It's fine. Uh, The movie is exactly what you'd think. It's completely dumb uh, (laughs) and like dumb, like just shot through the roof with a rocket. You know what I mean? Like it, it's beyond dumb. Uh, The only thing um, a lot of the movie is kind of built on this what's supposed to be really good chemistry between The Rock and uh, Statham. Yeah. And like, there's some good stuff there. And both those guys are super charismatic, so that's great. But I kind of wish they had brought somebody in to like punch up their their witty banter. Like, their banter is not nearly as witty as it needs to be. Mm. Uh, that would have been really fun if they had really come up with some funny, funny stuff, which they kind of didn't. And then Kevin well, Hart comes in at some a, point, and that's really funny. 
Oh, Kevin Hart was okay. Yeah, because I was like, did they need like a you know are they too much the same those two characters? Do you need like a straight man to sort of like balance it out as far as the dynamic? Uh, but maybe Kevin Hart is kind of doing a version that's yeah adding, adding the well, I mean, layer of comedy. Yeah, the Kevin Hart bit is is a total like side thing. Like it only happens like a couple times. Oh, okay. Uh, they they brought Ryan Reynolds in for a couple scenes and like mm. that stuff was very funny. I think the main thing is those two guys, like all all their banter is based on, huh, you're not as much of a man as I am. Well, you're not as much of a man as I am. You know, I could watch like, that for it. twelve hours, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's just like it's it's not. There's not enough fuel there, and and like the words are not funny enough. Yeah. Um, like at some point I think somebody says, you know, if you do this, I'm going to open up a can of whoop ass. And I'm like, who wrote that shit? Come on. Yeah. Someone in 1987. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta aim a little higher, but, uh, but I mean, it's still fun. You know, whatever. It's an action movie. Idris Elba's a bad guy. It's fantastic. Oh, I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's neat. It's neat. Um, we watched, uh, just watched Prisoner of Azkaban today. One of the Harry Potter movies. Yes. Number three, Uh, I believe. Yeah. But the first two really felt like kids' movies, and then this one felt like a little more than that. It's it's that yeah. that's a pretty fun movie. Uh, also watched uh, Royal Wedding, a Fred Astaire movie mm. uh, with the kids. Uh, we also watched Seven Brides for Seven Brothers with the kids. I saw uh, your picture of yeah. that, and uh, I've never seen that. But that's a lot of brides and a lot of brothers. So it's a lot. Yeah, my mom and my sister, I think, watched that a lot. Okay. Uh, when when I was younger, and I never, I always skipped out. I mean, what is that for a ten year old boy? Yeah, seven nothing. Brothers, seven brothers, but it's it's immensely entertaining. There are a few okay. problematic bits, of course. Yeah, but for the most part, a pretty positive movie. Uh, and then then I showed the kids to be or not to be, which Ooh. turned out to not not to be a great idea. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, I can, I I mean, can see maybe where that would go astray. Yeah, it went it went astray in a real bad way. And <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I mean it's just I, you know, I, I hadn't really had a lot of discussions with my seven year old about who Adolf Hitler is. Yeah. So, so you know, you watch that movie and you don't have any context about this monstrous person. Yeah. You might come away from that movie thinking that Heil Hitler is a it's funny hilarious. thing to say. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, yeah. I mean, the good thing is it started a conversation that mm. was clearly ne- badly needed. And, uh, and so Jeez. we had that conversation. They, uh, I mean, they both liked it. It's still a funny movie. It still works oh, great. in general yeah. for, for anybody. But, but I think, uh, yeah, I think I aimed a little too, too high over uh, my younger one's head anyway. So I gotta, I gotta be careful of that. Well, it sounds like next weekend you need to watch Schindler's list just to give the complete like balance of it then. I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's not all. Yeah. World war two wasn't all laughs. Yeah. I guess is really the lesson there. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, you could, maybe uh, the great dictator would work. I don't know because it's got that speech at the, well, I don't know if that speech would really resonate with uh, the kids, but anyway, maybe that's a more gradual transition to, well, uh, explaining that. Yeah, I, I thought about that too, just because they have already seen Modern Times, so they know Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin yeah. yeah, I might, I might try that. I, I'm gonna have to run it by the wife, though. I, she, she was not pleased yeah. with, my, <laughs> with my choice in that. Uh, and, and I mean, uh, she was right. She yeah. was right. Uh, finally, the last thing uh, that, that we just watched the first episode of this show on Netflix called Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Uh, it's just these two actors uh middle ditch and schwartz and they they talk to some people in the audience and then they improv for an hour like huh. this like basically an entire show for an hour it was super funny i liked it a lot i'm uh, dying to know what a uh, friend of the podcast brian o'connell thinks of this since okay. he is deep 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 in the improv world uh but, is this uh, a uh, british thing or no it is not it, it is uh, like it Ben be. Schwartz, and, like Middle Ditch is from Silicon Valley. Oh yes, okay, Thomas Middle Ditch, yeah. yeah. Um, man, I, I really enjoyed it. And that's but, on Netflix. Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. I, there's at least one episode. I don't know if there's more that's than that. News but, to me, okay. Yeah, it seems like a lot of fun, and maybe that's part of it. Is like it seems like something I would enjoy doing if I actually practiced that uh, particular uh, thing. I'm sure you'd be great. Yeah, I'm sure you'd be great. Well, thanks, Sean. You know what I think you'd be great at? Telling us what you watched over the last couple weeks. Well, we rewatched 
Sound of Music again this weekend. Yeah. Which that, you know, you kids have seen that, right? Yeah. Okay, so there's... So they know, they know some World War II. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, because they talk about the... Uh, they call the, the swastika flag a, a creepy sp- a spider flag or something. I can't remember what exact line is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that's a real easy, gradual introduction. We were actually talking about the, the war uh, in regards to that today when we were watching the last half. Hmm. Anyway, um, what else? We I watched a bunch of things, too. Rewatched Aladdin, the 92 version. Um, had not seen that in forever. Uh, first time my daughter had seen that as well, somehow. It's a, it's a good movie. I like it. Sure. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Day for Night. Finally got around to watching yeah. that. True folk. I loved that movie. That yeah, is that one of great. the best things about movie making I've ever seen, I think, for sure. Yep. It, re- it really is, man. It's, it's, uh, man, it's good. It's crazy, too, because like the guy's directing the movie. He's starring in the movie as the director. And yet it's really not about the director, which I thought was yeah. such a smart choice. Uh, it really yeah. is about the entire crew. And um, even the synopsis is about the, the film, whole film world, director. Yeah. And it's like, no, yeah. it's not that. That was great. Loved it. Um, I watched House, the 1977 Japanese film, or Haosu. Oh, yeah. Never Obayashi. Seen that. Yeah. I uh, had never seen that one before. I take it you have? I have not. I have not. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, no. It's on the Criterion channel. It is, um, you know, nobody does crazy quite like the Japanese, and it Tell delivers that. I I wasn't sure. I kind of expected more just sheer horror, and it's not that, really. It's more just psychedelic, kind of just out there, insanity, ghost stuff. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, I liked it. Score will stick in your head forever. We watched uh, 1959 Sleeping Beauty. I don't love that movie, got to say. It's not my favorite Disney Mm-hmm. Uh, story by a long shot looks cool. I like the look of it. Um, it it is the animation's great. Yeah, like I love uh, I love the uh, her changing changing into the dragon. I think at the end that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff very nice, yeah. especially for fifty nine. Uh, stumbled upon a French film called Anozamore. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Mm. Uh, nineteen eighty three from Maurice Pialat, who. I saw Damien Chazelle talking about on the Criterion channel. So I was like, well, let me check out one of this really good movie. I mean, like. Really? Yeah. Uh, relationship dramas. The French know what they're doing. That's a good one. That's true. Um, really outstanding performance by Sandrine Bonaire. Um, the Hunger. I watched that. The Tony Scott film. Yeah. It's plowing through the Criterion channel this past week. Uh, well, I've never on, seen that Criterion. Before. I got to check that out. No, I've never seen it. It may be gone by now. I think maybe that's why I watched it because I think it maybe was leaving in April. Ooh. If it did, sorry, it's probably somewhere else. Um, yeah, that's a cool flick. I uh, it's just all moved and gothic vampire insanity a little bit. And David Bowie. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, I rewatched Sunset Boulevard for the first time in quite a while, and uh, amazed at how well that holds up. That movie. You could absolutely just change a few things and you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's just about Hollywood today. Yep, still works. Yeah, totally. sure. And uh, just so interesting having Gloria Swanson be in that, who was a, you know, she was that character. Uh, I mean, I don't know that her, I don't think she killed anybody. Spoiler. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, she was a silent star. And then there was definitely a, a gap in her, in her uh, filmography for, for many years. And then um, I worked with DeMille and all that stuff. Very meta. So yeah. I, I dug that uh, quite a bit. And that's it. That's a lot. Man, that, that is a lot. That's yeah. a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I guess it's been, it's been two weeks, right, since we recorded. Maybe, so maybe I crammed a lot in, but I'm trying to yeah. Yeah, get my money's worth with some of this Criterion stuff. They have so much good things there. It's crazy. No. Um, okay, well, we also watched a movie called Thunder Road from 2018. We teed it up last week. And this is a comedy drama from writer, director, Star, I think he was also an editor. Uh, I think he did some of the music, right? And yeah. worked out the distribution as well. This is Jim Cummings, who was new to me. But uh, look him up on Vimeo. He's got a ton of short films there. You've also got Kendall Farr as his young daughter, Crystal. Nikon Robinson plays Officer Nate, his partner. Um, Jocelyn DeBoer plays Roz, his ex-wife. And then Macon Blair is a name you might also recognize. He plays a teacher. And Bill Wise plays the captain of the police department that uh, Jim Cummings works for in this movie. And he looked very familiar to me, although I don't know why. Um, But he was good. He was wise, you might say. 
Indeed. Yeah, you probably shouldn't. Okay, Craig, no. this is a movie that IMDb tells us is about a police officer who faces a personal meltdown following a divorce and the death of his mother. As we learned in the tee-up, this started as a short film, I think, which encapsulates the opening of this film, although it was reshot for this version. And uh, yeah, that's kind of an interesting pathway that you don't see a ton. Sling Blade is a movie that comes to mind that began its life in a similar fashion, I think. Sure. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a bad model. Um, I think you, like I, were aware of this movie because of some festival buzz from 2018, though mm-hmm. I had not seen anything other than trailer. Tell me, Craig, did you like Thunder Road? I liked... Did you like your drive down Thunder Road? You like parts of (laughs) the drive down Thunder Road. I enjoyed the scenery of the drive, some of the sounds of the drive. Good tunes. Oh, there were great tunes on the drive. Um, Yeah, I've been struggling with how how exactly to portray exactly how I feel because I felt like most of the movie, as I watched it, uh, I was like, I was like two different people watching it the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and, and, or, or, or maybe the movie is two different movies the whole time. I, I don't know, but, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it, it is an, it is a very emotional movie. Mm-hmm. And those emotions are very generally, uh, portrayed in a great way. They work really well for me. Jim, Really puts himself through the ringer. Yep. Uh, as as the main character, um, but then I, I found myself getting bounced around by the humor. Interesting. And sometimes the humor worked for me, and other times it felt like I couldn't tell if it was like, ah, this is getting too serious. Uh huh. Here's a shot of my my torn underwear, or <laughs> or, or or if it was just like I don't want to make this mental breakdown ever seem glamorous so i'm just gonna make this guy just he just nothing about him comes off right i i don't know i don't know what it is so i struggled a bit with it um overall very watchable um this this guy's struggles seem seem very you know uh i i understand him Mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day would i go running back to it i don't think i would but what about you, Sean? How did you feel about it? I f- feel slightly schizophrenic as well. And I feel that way because I think the movie is kind of that way. It's in a weird yeah. slot for me that is, it's like not quite micro budget and not quite what you feel like it could be if right. it had maybe better access to telling a larger story. Sure. And like the, the sort of like, immediate thing that I can think of from a very just boring base level screenwriter kind of viewpoint is I wish there had been a little more meat on the bones of the father daughter story. Like thinking about the movie eighth grade, um, a perfect example where Mm -hmm. I bet the budget was a bit more on eighth grade. Um, They got a two four behind it and you know, maybe that, provides an opportunity for doing a slightly bigger story. Um, On the other hand, I kind of look at it as like, what a smart, smart thing Jim Cummings did. And Mm -hmm. it is such a risk, but it's because I've, I've seen it in person. As a matter of fact, one of the very first things I quote unquote worked on, I don't think I got paid um, after graduating film school uh, was a film written, directed, and starring uh, a guy who's an actor, right? Right. And um, I didn't see the finished product, so I shouldn't say this, but I had a sense that it wasn't going to be great, Craig. You know? fair enough. And so I would be hesitant to just put that out as as, uh, wholesale advice, but I do really admire um, when it works well for an actor to just say, you know what, I'm probably not going to just get the parts I want by going through the... uh, audition lines uh, sure. as a nobody. Let me go make a movie for myself, essentially, and write it for yeah. me to be the star in. And 
on that level, an entire success as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you as far as like tonally at times. It was like, I don't know, like I, the shift between your, yeah, your mental breakdown, as you put it, and your humor here. Um, it's so foreign to me just as like anything that I've ever been through, I guess, that it's, it's right. kind of hard not to look at it as acting. You know what I mean? Yes. But at the same time, I, yeah. I did laugh at a lot of the jokes in this movie. And there, I think there's some really funny stuff in here. And I feel like this guy certainly has potential to be on any network sitcom you want to throw him in. Um, he could probably do stuff on the drama side. So it feels like in a weird way as an audition reel, like maybe it's really, really smart that the tone is that schizophrenic. Cause it's like, look, he can do drama. He can do comedy. He's doing it in this, he's oh, doing it in one yeah. sentence, like in, in some instances. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I, I think he's like, yeah, definitely playing to his strengths. Um, and, and at, at the end of the day, it may just be, uh, you know, degrees or, or like a matter of degrees or a matter of, you know, just druthers. Um, Cause yeah, some, some bits worked, but I found myself more often than not being in a moment and being like, and, and like really sort of enjoying the, the sadness that he's pulling me down mm -hmm. into. And then, and then a funny line would yeah. come out and I'd just be like, ah, fuck. Like, like I can just see it written on the paper. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it really is, uh, th there's, there's really so much talent on display in the movie and you know who knows like if if that stuff wasn't in there maybe this movie would just be too bland and like oh yeah well i've seen that before and then it would that's just be exactly gone. what, you know what, what i was gonna mean? ask you is do you think this would have worked as just a straight cop drama essentially i mean i don't know i uh, uh i think i guess i think that my favorite parts of the movie were the dramatic mm -hmm. parts i don't have any parts that but my favorite part was a funny part at all um, and so at the end of the day, I kind of feel like, yeah, may, like I kind of would like to see that version. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would totally believe Jim Cummings in that. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. I could totally see him in a straight comedy as well. So, yeah. you know, I, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I might be on the other side of the fence there. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at my notes yeah. and I wrote down quite a few lines that I really laughed at and uh and liked and there's a part of me that is like i don't know that i buy that any of these guys are cops or could be real cops like they don't look like real cops to me they don't act like real cops as far as i know it and uh understand it to be so fair enough i mean in some ways just even just looking at the casting choices watching this i'm like it's it's almost like a degree again, like if you could just move the, uh, the dial on the oven, like you could go all the way over here to the left and you'd get Reno 911, you know? Um, right, right? right. It's like, it's almost like in that, it's like, it's the, it's a little more just like they went a little more to the center, um, but not quite all the way. And then, yeah, there's times where it's, it's way the other direction. And I, I think yeah. those work for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, um, it would be interesting to see sort of like an alternative cut of this, even if it were just as a short, uh, because I think you would obviously lose a lot of uh, real estate if you kind of cut out um, good chunks of the humor. But yeah. um, there's there's some great dramatic moments for sure. And uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, I do kind of have a sense, I suppose, of why this succeeded at the level it did versus finding an A24 or um, IFC or maybe some bigger type of distribution. Like it's just not quite at that level as I sort of like identify that kind of what, what that is in my head for whatever reason. I, right. I almost want to say it's the direction, but maybe that's not fair, mm -hmm. but there's just not, there's not like a visual sense of style i guess or cinematic language i think no. i would say that this has and yeah. yet i almost hate to say that because like what their budget was 190,000. i was like well no right. no kidding there's not <laughs> you know i mean there's sure. nice long takes though, like the opening like the push-in and stuff Absolutely. But i get it i totally yeah, get nice, it nice you know? yeah 
Well, it's it's nice long takes. There there are scenes I can think of where I'm like, oh, that like that's a really smart yeah. choice, like the way the shots played out. But I think you are right uh, that that it's not it's not like, uh, yeah, the the direction could use some work, and maybe that's even a part of what I'm struggling with, uh, which actually makes me more excited to see what comes next. Yeah, for, this for guy. sure. You know, just to see what he learned on this. Because, I mean, it, it also has that feeling, which I really enjoy, especially about indies, where, you know, somebody's just saying, I'm throwing everything yep. at this movie. Uh, I'm throwing every single thing at this movie. So, you know, if it feels like a bit of a mess, well, too bad, because I'm going to do everything I want to do in case I never get to do this again. Um, and in that way, like, there's a ton of really cool energy to it. Yeah, and it, it will be especially interesting to see what he does next because apparently uh, there's a movie in the can, and I can't remember if we, I think we mentioned this in the tee up, called The Werewolf, which is a horror movie that he yeah. wrote, uh, directed yeah. and wrote, and Robert Forster's in it. And um, yeah, he Jim Cummings is in it again. And uh, yeah. it has something to do with uh, an officer, although, yeah, I think that is who Jim Cummings, maybe he plays another police police officer in this one, but there are, there maybe does so. seem to be at least a presence of a werewolf. So I, maybe we'll, yeah, maybe you'll get a real look at what just a, a more straight dramatic um, vibe would be from this guy. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Well, let's, uh, I don't know. Do we do an elevator pitch for this one? You got one or is it just kind of? I mean, I don't have one prepared yeah. and I'd be afraid to, <laughs> to yeah, I kind of feel like this case, is a uh, good example where we just don't do that because it's not, yeah. it doesn't have that scope that you really sort of. Because he didn't, he didn't. No, exactly. It <laughs> he went to people. He said, "Here's a script. If you want to do it, call me. If you don't, then yeah. I don't care." Um, okay, yeah. well, so um, let's get into the setup of this movie just a little bit. Like as we mentioned, okay. like the short is about uh, well, the opening of the film in this version, and uh, he is at the funeral for his mother. And there's a little asterisk to be had beside that. And I really liked how that unfolded, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, clearly he's racked with grief and he's prepared to uh, play his mother's you know, favorite song, I think, was Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. Mm -hmm. And he had prepared a little dance for it because his mother owned and operated a dance studio for years. And um, fortunately, the CD player won't work. And he tried to, tries to pantomime the dance. But um, all through this, it is essentially a monologue, and um, I don't I don't remember how much of this is in the trailer, but I can't imagine like I got to go see the short. I've heard the short is really good, but yeah, if you watch that, you'll know pretty quickly. I think what the movie is in regards to performance, if nothing else, because like right. yeah, the needle just moves all over the gauge. Um, he's crying in one breath and then telling jokes another one he tells a story about how his mom um basically donated money anonymously i think to help pay for a playhouse for a girl with down syndrome who quote unquote was a bitch because mm -hmm. she used to bite everybody and she was too dangerous to be allowed to just hang out at like other playgrounds which <laughs> is just a right. ridiculous story and um but the shifts are just everywhere it's it's nuts i, I don't know like I, I really was trying to think of another actor where i've seen something that kind of uh, again schizophrenic is the word i go back to and mm -hmm. uh i don't know like nothing jumped to mind like i feel like it's something jim carrey could do in a heartbeat you know yeah, maybe I'm just Bayless because yeah, his name sure. is Jim. That's like the only thing I'm thinking of. Well, well, only Jims can do this kind of role. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it doesn't um, matter. God, I can't um, think of another Jim right now. So that's yeah, I was I trying to come up with a good. Uh, James is can. James is can. Oh, James Dean. Helps. Yeah, of course, yeah. he was hilarious. James Dean. Yep. Um, but uh, it was interesting, and maybe we'll just talk about this thread a little bit. So he let. Mm -hmm. slip i think in the funeral no it was afterwards like he goes home at a certain point and like he's just you know he's he's doing some of the motions of like what you do post-funeral of like trying to uh make calls and do all this stuff and he made mention of like i didn't have a real mom and dad growing up and almost to the point where i'm like did i hear him say that because it wasn't it didn't come up in the funeral i don't think he talked about two people 
not being able to be at the funeral who I, you know, they were mentioned by name, but I assumed they were brother and sister. And I even thought, I was like, that's kind of odd. Like, why didn't he just say, you know, my sister and brother couldn't be here. Um, but we later find out like, yeah, he was adopted, right? Yes. I think. That's what, yeah, I believe you're right. I mean, it's a little, it's still even a little unclear, but there was a really interesting scene where he does finally go and visit his sister or his stepsister. And she yeah. talks about like how much harder it was to be the biological child of their mother and how much more pressure she put on her and how much more, like she could felt like she could never please her uh, versus right. what the two brothers I think had. Uh, you never meet the other brother in the entire film. Oh, that was interesting. So, yep. I mean, as much as I, I'm saying I, I did like the comedy, there, there's some really interesting sort of drama story points in this film. And I thought that was one of them that I just, it didn't go the direction that I thought it would, which would be to just kind of have all of that unspool in a more direct fashion, I guess. Yes. So I want to skip all the way to the end now. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Um, and we'll get to this, but there's a moment too where um, Jim is, is, he's saying something to his daughter and he says something like, I realize, um, or daddy's just realizing he's had this conversation before or, or something like that. And yeah. um, that too was interesting in that it sort of implied and not perhaps happy childhood with biological parents, perhaps. But that's all up to interpretation, I think. Like, right? That's me. That's totally me putting right. that on that. Well, the the conversation that he's saying is that he had the conversation of let let's pack up and get out of here. Wasn't that well? Or am I totally I, off? Yeah. Now you're right. Yes. But who was who did he have that conversation with? His own mother or by I mean that's a good question. You know what what's funny is I I <laughs> we, we I was a bit confused yeah. then because yes I was thinking adoption at one point in the movie but at the end during that scene I was thinking he had that conversation with his actual mom yeah so it was kind of like a split up situation uh-huh. and his mom said we got to get out of and here he said no is that what you're thinking. And that's how we ended, or no? Uh, okay, no. I, I I was thinking that he oh. did do it, but I guess yeah. I'm I'm. Uh, hmm, I did not follow that thread all the way to the end. <laughs> well, that's what they, it is a thread in in uh, name only because it is sort of like segments uh, of a thread more than anything. Yeah. But uh, I, I did kind of find that yeah, I'm not kind clear. of find that fascinating in that he's such a. Um, specifically pitched character that you almost. It's almost impossible not to ask. It's like, well, how the hell did this guy end up this way? And you really, right. yeah, you oh, really yeah. get fragments of, of that answer, which I like. I think that feels right for this type of movie um, versus some, you know, uh, a more studio thing. You probably would just have to go ahead and explain that <laughs> in detail. Yeah. Although I would say, like, I, I could have used a little bit. Well, more. yeah, here we are, and we don't understand it, right? So, I mean, yeah. if the goal is clarity. Like, then I only know him, yeah, like I only know him breaking down. Yeah. You know, like that's that's kind of it. Yes. And it, it makes sense. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. Well, I was going to say, let's, we'll then talk about the other sort of big piece of his backstory is his ex-wife, Roz, who was played by, God bless America, Jocelyn DeBoer, uh, and I may have that mm-hmm. wrong. So, um, yes, they, they definitely split up at the beginning of this film, although the filing for divorce actual papers are served um, closer to the halfway mark, I think, if not a little bit after. And in that, there is the issue of custody, and that's the daughter played by Kendall Farr, which is Crystal. And so they're already doing shared custody um, sort of at the start of the film. And... There was uh, Crystal. I mean, no, Roz, the ex-wife, is kind of a funny character, and um, you don't get much of a picture of her. But what you do ain't great, and yet yeah. it's clear that Crystal gets along with her better than she does with her dad. And well, yeah, but but that might not a be good a good. <laughs> that might not necessarily be a good thing, right? Well, yeah. Well, actually, I was gonna say. 
I, we don't really see her with Roz. No. Like a part of me kind of feels like maybe she gives them both shit, depending on who she's with. You know oh, what I mean? Like, interesting. Like yeah. maybe, maybe she, she plays both sides. Cause yeah. Cause honestly, like Roz's, Roz's world seemed a good bit less stable than Jim's and that ain't good. No. And it, it definitely, yeah. By the end of the movie, that is 100% the case. Yeah. Uh, Cause Roz does not make it to the end of the movie. And so that was startling. Yes, it was very startling. But um, I think there's a nice little bit of comedy that kind of, in a weird way, sums up the relationship between Jim and Roz at the, at the beginning of the movie. And when he comes to pick up Crystal and he's talking from the truck and Roz is in the doorway, but then she walks past the front of the truck to go uh, to the passenger seat where Crystal is now. And Jim honks off. <laughs> He honks the horn at her just as she's passing, just to be a dick, which um, yeah made me laugh. I gotta say, like that was a nice little little touch there. Um, but uh, as far as okay, so if we're to again read into backstory, why those two didn't last? Um, I mean, I think there's some mention of it. Yeah, there was a bit of backstory. Well, she she cheated on him. I yeah, thought. yeah. And there was also the thing about like. She didn't mean to text him the first time. I was like, yep. <laughs> but he wouldn't let her off the hook anyway. And uh, so there's some interesting stuff there. But beyond that, they just, they feel like polar opposites, right? Um, Absolutely. At least at yeah. this point in their lives. So that, that creates an interesting dichotomy. There's a great line when um, Jim and his daughter are, are not getting along 100%. And uh, it might have been in reference to on the first day of, of her going to a new school, she's um, put on makeup that he didn't know about and doesn't quite approve of. And at one moment, she says, I hope I get mom's boobs. And he says, I hope every day that you don't. <laughs> but uh, again, I'm just like, oh, that, yeah, I like that line. <laughs> yeah. I like that line a lot. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, so there's, just, there's some fun play there. And Crystal is in a good chunk of the first act of this movie. And... It's not that that father-daughter story doesn't necessarily work. In fact, I like it quite a bit. I kind of wish there was more of it. Um, I liked when the daughter is trying to play the hand slap game. Best scene in the movie for me. Yeah. Right there. I mean, that that was... And that's really what I was talking about when I was like, yeah, like there's some real strong directing in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was such a good setup and, you know, not, not uh, obvious at all i didn't I yeah i totally didn't think they were going to go back to it yeah for some reason but uh but it just yeah it just showed how much he's just trying to make a, a connection with her uh at the the funeral there was a moment where she was kind of like didn't want to be around him for some reason well yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i mean he does make and, an ass uh, of himself at the funeral so yeah but uh oh man um yeah, that was a that was a really good scene. Yeah, they do that little hand slap game, and he he's quite ruder, which I, that that was kind of off putting. It's just like, honey, I'm just not gonna get this kind of thing, right? Which right. and then they go back to it a few scenes later, and he nails it, and they do it with like what there was like zero lines of dialogue. They just do it with a look, and he holds his hands up. It's a great shot. Yeah, but then I was kind of wondering, it was like, did he just tell her he wasn't ever gonna be able to do that kind of thing, so that he could then do it, or was he sincere at the moment when he said that? I kind of felt like he was. Yeah. But if not, that's a pretty masterful parenting trick there. <laughs> I don't, I don't I think, yeah, that one. yeah, I don't think officer Jim is, is quite that, that thinking ahead personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about another dramatic scene that I, I thought was probably my favorite scene in the movie. Although that shot with the, the hand slaps was yeah right up there at the tops for our shots. Um, and that'd be the scene with Macon Blair who plays crystal's teacher. And so, you know, we're a little bit later in the film and Jim is called in to basically discuss her performance in school, which has not been great. Right. And, um, boy, making Blair looks really different in this movie. He does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a chameleon. Um, and he's got kind of long hair and the glasses and he seems sort of like cool, you know, pretty cool teacher. Um, yep. But uh, Jim's sort of reaching boiling point, and 
uh, trying to make excuses for his daughter and then finding out that she's swearing in, in class. And uh, God, what was the freaking thing that she was saying? Because, oh, the reach, she t- said something about a reach around, the oh, yeah. assignment being a reach around. And Macon Blair's way of explaining what that is without saying, trying to say the actual word was, was pretty great. Yes. Um, and then finally, Jim just blows and like he stands up and he's carrying that desk and he's like, I will chuck this across this room right now. And that was one of the moments where I, I, I felt like, that line that he's like constantly crossing with comedy and drama. I, I thought it worked best in that scene personally. I, I, I didn't. Well, well then now I was wondering if you didn't. Right. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, uh, that scene was working really well for me, uh, up until he stood up holding the desk. Okay. Yeah. Cause like, that's what I was like, is that too much? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, exactly. Like, and I could see a scene where that would be hilarious. Yeah. But but it, to me it's not a it's it's not in a movie where this guy's life is really going down the tubes and is, he's learning about his daughter being like terrible at school it, it, like I guess that's the thing it's just like I don't feel like laughing right now like this is kind of one of my worst nightmares yeah and I, I see I don't know I didn't find it particularly funny that when he stood up with the desk and all that, I did like the line about I would chuck but it was like in a I mean he said that line kind of seriously you know and I felt like he yeah. would do that. Like to me, that one was just like, like he is on the edge. So it worked a little, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's on the edge in the funeral, but for whatever reason, yeah. like that definition of being on the edge in that scene worked the best for me of all the like on the edge moments. Right. I mean, I, I, I guess for me, it's just picking up the desk and walking away just, just felt so, just felt too broad to me. Okay. I guess that's, that's really the thing. And then, and then took me out of that otherwise good moment because yeah i i i liked kind of how they were playing up until then and and he's talking about you know he's kind of putting all the blame on his wife and all that stuff and like all that stuff was working for me mm-hmm. and even the anger i mean i mean like this guy definitely has a lot of anger he needs to deal with yeah and he's not going to deal well with it i liked the bit where like i think when he sat back down there's you can kind of see making like slide some scissors off the desk and put them in his pocket yep like that whole thing, like yeah, there was stuff that definitely worked, but uh, that particular thing, yeah, it kind of kind of took me out. Yeah, and I mean, it kind of turns, and I don't remember if this is before the blow up or not. Um, I think it's after, when it's kind of revealed that the biggest issue is that she's having difficulty reading the daughter, and right. we know that he was dyslexic because it came up in the funeral. Yeah. And like that to me, it was just like, oh, God, like, yeah, like realizing that, you know, your poor kid is having problems and it's not at all her fault. It's totally something that (laughs) you shared with her from your DNA, possibly. And although I don't know how that works. And so uh, that one, that one, that one hurt. That one, the drama felt good to me. Um, Well, I'm curious then about the um, police parking lot. Uh, being fired scene because I have a feeling I know where you're going to land on yeah. this one. So um, all this sort of comes to a head in his personal life after, yeah, you know, the divorce papers have been served and he's got a lawyer who the uh, his his partner Nate, Officer Nate, recommended from his own previous divorce, and she's expensive but worth it. And they get in the courtroom and he's basically not supposed to say anything. Um, and then they find out that uh, there's evidence that has been submitted to the judge or to the court from the ex-wife's current boyfriend uh, of Jim and what he did at that funeral. And right. Jim was under the impression that that footage, which somebody shot on the cell phone, had been destroyed by his partner who got the phone and threw it in the lake. Right. And so when this all comes out and he realizes that he might lose custody of his daughter just because of some shit that, you know, he was just trying to deal with at a funeral and maybe didn't do in the best way, uh, he loses it, pulls into the parking lot of the police station. I think he parks up on the curb Mm -hmm. and uh, immediately starts accusing his partner and going at it and then I mean that it's almost a monologue that scene, right? I mean, yeah. there's a couple back and forth moments with the office, the partner, and then the the police chief comes out, the captain, Bill Wise, 
but it really is that uh that same sort of unhinged uh breakdown similar to the to the funeral scene um and so in the process it's finding out that you know he may be losing custody he slept in his car for three weeks i think and um now he's getting fired by the captain and i did like how that was shot where you don't really realize that he's pulled his gun Right. And it's almost like he didn't even realize it, which that, yeah, that, that was great. Yeah, yeah another super good directing choice. Yeah. yeah, and so that's it. Like you, once you cross that line with a fellow cop, like you're done. Yeah. Um, but also through that, and this is probably <laughs> the the shades that you're talking about. He, in turning in his badge and gun, decides just to turn in the whole damn uniform, and so he's yeah. standing there with his underwear, and then the scene does end with him turning around and realizing that he's ripped his underwear. And his one butt cheek is hanging out. Yeah. I'm guessing that's too much for you, right? The Yes. Okay. The shot of the butt cheek is too much to me. Is like, that where they lost in, you? Because that's what I'm curious about. It's like, at what point do you're like, that's, that's no, you're almost, you're not, you're well, not over the line, but then you are over the line. Well, here's the thing. I mean, th- yeah, this, this scene mirrors the funeral scene. Um, and it was the same thing for me in the funeral scene. Like there were parts of it where I was just like, man, I am a hundred percent on your side, dude. Like I know exactly how you feel right now. Mm-hmm. And then he'd say something kind of off, off the wall, you know? And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know why that came to mind right now. It's really weird, but okay, let's get back to the scene. And, and so there's a lot of good stuff there. I, even, even him taking his whole uniform off. Great. Mm-hmm. Like kind of funny, but totally buy it in the moment. Like he is, he's losing it yeah. and like, I get it. It's, it's funny, but it fits for me. And then it's just like the button on that scene is his torn underwear and his butt cheek hanging out <laughs> as he walks away. And I just, and again, I'm just kind of like, I'm not keying into what's, what's being communicated at me. Cause it feels like, it feels like, yeah, you know, fuck your metal breakdown. Wah, wah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Like, I don't know. Should I take it seriously? Like, I, I don't know. Like. Um, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't underline anything for me. It didn't add anything to it, except it's just like, man, like this guy can't even get, I mean, and maybe that's kind of part of it. It's like, he doesn't even get sympathy from the movie. You know, it's like, Interesting. it's just like the yeah. movie doesn't even like him. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe he's trying to say like, don't really like this guy. Don't try and be on his side. Like we should laugh at him because he is, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still thinking about that. Yeah, but, so the butt cheek worked for you, though. Uh, I didn't mind it. I, I, yeah. You know, it, I think it would work without it. Sure. And I also kind of wonder, was that scripted? Did it actually happen? That he just ripped his underwear because I mean, it got so into the performance? It seems like it would have been possible that it just happened, you know? It, it very well could be. I mean, it seems like... I mean, if when, when you think about the alternative... Which is that, okay, last shot of this scene is the underwear is torn. So we got to get the, we got to tear some underwear. You're going to put it on. You put it under the whole <laughs> uniform. We do this entire scene. Yeah. And that, so I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. I wouldn't um, need to watch it again because I can't remember if there was a cut and then sort of like the, you know, a tighter shot of the butt cheek. I don't feel like there was a, well. I don't either. There, I, there, I, there was a cut to him holding the gun. And yeah. I think there was probably a cut after that. But once he got into the thing, it was just like the funeral. It was like just. Yeah. They w- wasn't really cutting out of anything. So to me, it felt like th- they just put it there. I mean, if, if that happened by accident, kudos to the cameraman for just being on the I was going to say, like, if the cameraman just kind of followed it, yeah. I can't imagine, Good like, the, they would have just erupted on set after yeah. they called cut, probably. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you sure but you again, keep I mean, that? That was a pretty intense scene, but, man, your underwear is... <laughs> right. I mean, that's the most intense scene of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, that was... Super intense, uh, but yeah, I like at the same time, it doesn't work for me. But is this movie the same movie without it? Yeah, like no other movie would button their scene that way with a butt. Well, let's talk uh, then about. Uh, we'll circle back towards the ending here now and get to probably uh, if that's the most dramatic scene. This is probably in the top three. Sure. So. Um, He's lost his job. He's driving down the road and there's a police officer trying to pull him over. And the officer's like, where's your phone? Answer your phone. And like he immediately 
kind of erupts because I think he's sensed before I did that if they're trying to get in touch with him, it's not good news, whatever it is. So his immediate thought is concerned for his daughter. What happened? What happened? What happened? Is it the house? He says something about his own house. Is the house fire? And so, um, I like that. There's a good bit of tension there. He ends up having to break into mm-hmm. his car, which again, maybe there's some comedy in that just because he tries to do it with his hand and he can't. And then he borrows the, the like the billy stick um, from the police officer. And even that, it takes a moment. But right. they go rushing and it's actually the ex-wife's house. And the daughter comes out and we find out that the ex-wife is dead. And yep. at this point, Craig... You remind me, did we know that she was using drugs? I that was not on really on my radar at all. I don't think okay. I, I was gonna say I don't think I don't think we had any sort of foreshadowing information there, which I kinda like. Yep. And he takes a moment with the daughter and then sends her with the partner, Officer Nate, and Jim goes into the room and basically has a conversation. We haven't revealed the body yet at all. Um, and then you just get a shot and the ex-wife is just sitting straight up as if she were watching TV on the couch, except for she's dead her head's back. Right. Mm -hmm. And that too, I was like, it's almost comical. Like that shot, like, you know, um, and it's not, it's not, that's not like a a laugh out loud moment by any means, nor is it intended to be, obviously, I don't think. Right. Um, but he, his vitriol is at a fever pitch in this moment. Like instead of any sort of apology, he says, I will never forgive you for this. And then he slaps the body. He says, this is from Crystal's future husband and my mom. And I I do love the bit. Like, yeah, it's a dramatic thing. And like, this is like another one of those things where it's like, man, the the degrees of of comedy that you could put in into all this um, is so broad as far as the range because... This is from Crystal's future husband. Like that's almost a funny line, right? And yet it's like there's so much, such good meaning behind that too. Because I think no, it's like that is probably the reality. Is like that's going to screw up his daughter in yeah. so many possible ways going forward. And uh, yeah, it's something that whoever she has a relationship with will probably have to process with her. You know, yeah, twenty years from now. And yeah. so I like that. And I, she I won't really, even know really. Yeah why yep. yeah and he'll never have met this woman uh whoever this future husband is because yeah crystal's maybe what fourth grade i think she was going into yeah. so she's quite young um what'd you make all of that uh i liked that scene uh for the most part i mean it, it didn't feel like i like this was coming it didn't feel inevitable this was going to happen right um is it too much out of nowhere though i don't I don't think it's too much out of nowhere. Okay, so you didn't point. feel like I mean, you were wanting more of Roz prior to this at all? Um, well, that's a good question. I know, like, I, I don't, but at the same time, when I think about, like, okay, like, what a bigger, slightly bigger production version of this would be, like, those are the obvious scenes. I think you'd have right. more Roz. I think you'd have more with the daughter. So I don't, I well, don't know. I don't know what a, it would a do. A part of me wonders if, if, yeah, in in a in a studio movie where the notes were, well, we need to know what happened before all this. Yeah. Uh, you know, would we have ever seen them happy? Would we have ever seen them as like this is why these two people are together? Like, how does he feel about her? If if we had seen some of her with Crystal, uh, known known really exactly what this death means, um, but we don't. We only know what's what's obvious. Which is, if you wake up one day and you go to wake up your mom and she's dead, that's not going to be a good day for you. Nope. Yep. It's going to be real bad. Uh, and I don't want that to happen to Crystal, but I don't want that to happen to anybody. So it's it's not a specific, it's not as specific as it could be. Uh, but what I like about it, and I'm not sure if the movie goes all the way there, but what I did like about it is we've seen this guy through the whole movie and you know, he wants to be a, a good person, I think. He yeah. knows he knows what being a good person looks like. He definitely wants to be a good dad, and he wants Crystal to like him. We know that yep. without a doubt. I mean, the hand-slapping scene nailed that shut for me, and that's why I love that scene. He wants to be a good dad to Crystal. He is probably not a good dad. 
<laughs> Probably uh, not. He is, yeah, he's got a lot of issues that he needs to take care of. And I guess a part of what I liked about that scene was, and maybe, maybe I'm kind of reaching for it, but it's like, you know, he's been railing against Roz. And honestly, up until that point, I kind of thought like, Roz is probably on better, sta- more stable ground than he is. As I far as too. I was concerned. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, she's like, it's hard she to might tell. not be a great person, but she's probably like a little more with it. Well, and they were going to move to Tuscaloosa, which I don't know anything about Tuscaloosa, but it does seem like, you know, whatever was going on in this town, which I think is Austin, but maybe on the yeah. outskirts, uh, there maybe is not quite that much there for them. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, so the fact that he's sitting down, like he's having this conversation with her uh, and, and, and has that line about this is from Crystal's future husband and my mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a part of me that, that is, is, is feeling like, yeah, like he's, he's seeing a little more clearly what, what the road is that he's going to need to be on. Yeah. He's really looking w- way towards the future. Um, and, and to be honest, at the end of that movie, I don't know if he's going to be a whole lot better. Uh, I don't know if there's any clue that he's going to really face his anger and stuff. I don't Outside know. Outside of the fact, I he's mean, just going to try his best to be a good dad to this girl and, and, and you know, make sure that she turns out all right. Like, that seems what, what the yeah. end of it seems to like to me. Well, and in fact, there is um, kind of a little epilogue of sorts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, immediate, the immediate aftermath of, of that scene with the, um, with the ex-wife's body is kind of what we were talking about before with, with Jim saying... You know, he's been in a situation before as he's telling his daughter, well, let's just get out of here. Let's, um, you and me go somewhere. I don't know what we're going to do, but I don't want to do it with you. Right. That kind of thing. And she nods that she wants to do that. And then we have a scene where they go to see the Nutcracker. And um, even there at the... <laughs> At the end, as they're walking inside, he's like giving her grief about like, you know, hurry up, let's get in here. I didn't pay, blah, 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 blah. I can't even remember the line exactly, but, you know, yeah. some little jab at her about, you know. Oh, no, she wasn't wearing her shawl. That's what it was. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. she wear to a, a ballet as a shawl, um, which he would know. His mom was a teacher, right? And then they're sitting there and, you know, her eyes are just lit up watching these dancers. And yeah. he's watching her and just breaks into tears. And... I mean, I, I think that is our clue that he's at least capable of being a good good father. Um, if nothing else uh, about the anger issues, who knows? <laughs> I think they're they're probably still there, given uh, his his temper regarding the shawl. So there's work to be done in sure. Officer Jim's life, I think. But it it doesn't leave me with any sort of like heavy feeling by any means. I mean, I do feel like no, that's no, not no. the intention at all. Versus like a you know you would get with like an indie straight indie drama probably. Yeah, I mean the the relief there for me, I'm, I'm well and and sadly there's some relief from the fact that Roz died. Yeah, totally. So she died, and and that solved the problem of of having the daughter, which is really yep. what he was worried about. Um, so that's good, and and then I do feel like that resolves at least some feeling of his. And this is the stuff that really got me at the funeral was the stuff where he was talking about like what a dick he was to his mom when he was yeah. younger. And like, she was just trying to do good stuff for him and, and, and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, so taking, taking her to this ballet and, and her really liking it, it's, it's kind of like he's getting some of his mom back or, or you know, or he gets to pass on what he knew about her yeah, to this sure. to this daughter, and and it kind of makes everything not seem like it was just a waste, and that he wasted all this time with his mom. So that stuff is is great, and I and I totally felt that. Like when he started crying, I was like, yeah, I know, I a hundred percent get what he is being affected by here. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I, I thought that was a great ending, and and honestly, I'm I'm glad it didn't end with like. Oh, like I'm all my problems are solved. Cause no, yeah. I mean, they're both sure. gonna have a lot of problems to deal with. <laughs> there are some um, therapy bills in their life yeah, for sure, hopefully. Absolutely. But uh but yeah, as an ending for that movie, I think that was a terrific ending. Yeah. 
Well, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but did you think of uh, our, our pal Danny McBride at all when watching Absolutely. his performance? Yeah. I, I was going to bring that up. Danny McBride and Dave Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are definitely moves in the movie that feel like, I mean, they are, they, well, not they aren't. I'm not saying they were lifted, but I'm just saying like, you watch episodes of Eastbound and Down, you watch some of that stuff like like it it had that that feeling you know that you're in and, and i mean eastbound and down has a similar texture to this yeah um you know there there's there there's kind of that although eastbound is coming off as a, a it's more a little comedic. more of a straight comedy yeah but it's but it's still there's still a line there like you can still switch real quick and i think eastbound usually did usually did a <laughs> that sounded so <laughs> shitty. Eastbound did a really good job. Just say of, it, Craig. What are you trying to say? Yeah, no. Well, but it could really do that switch, you know. Like yeah. like Danny's super funny, but man, somebody could could hit him with a line, and like you cut back to him, and it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Uh, and and that's some of the most powerful stuff about it, and and I think that's some of the most powerful stuff, like the slap, the hand slapping scene. I could see that on on Eastbound and Down, you know, like I could see that set yeah. up, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought about Danny a lot. I, I, I. It's interesting though because it would be a very different feeling. Obviously, as dumb as it sounds, I think Jim Cummings cast this movie really well. Yeah, by putting himself in it, and I think that is a major gamble when you're casting yourself. Oh God, yeah. But. But I, I, I think he did a fantastic job. Um, I think with, with Danny, especially the way we kind of know him in, in the stuff he's been in now, it'd take a while to get past like, ah, there's ha, 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 Danny, ha, ha, to, to, to get to like the more dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jim, I feel like the dramatic stuff comes off first. And then it's like, oh, this is funny as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I thought of the foot fist way as well at various yeah. times. Well, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you wanted to mention? Uh, particularly liked or didn't like? Well, man, I mean, the the main thing I was going to bring up was that hand slapping scene. I thought the photography was good. I thought yeah. it looked good. Um, uh, no, I think we covered everything. What about you? I just want to mention there's one moment that feels more police drama to me and I actually really liked it and it's one of the only uh, there's maybe two moments where you actually see uh, these officers on duty actual duty and when they respond to a call at like a restaurant and there's a guy who if I memory serves is not speaking English perhaps but who's working I, I think in the kitchen of this restaurant and um, you know, it's this fairly tense standoff and it ends up resulting in the guy kills himself in the back of the room and they sort of like find it. Right. And it's really not connected to anything else. I mean, he does mention it, I think to the captain later on about like, what do you think that does to somebody um, seeing that? Yeah. But it's a nice scene. Like, um, it is, it's, it's, it's done well. And it's, again, it's like, man, like, uh, all the things this movie could have been if it just played straight. Like there's all these different versions of it that, that would be really interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, but I did like, I did like the version we had. I also want to mention real quickly. I did. I, I found a little quote on this werewolf movie he's got coming out and here's, oh. here it is. It says, it's like David Fincher's Zodiac is a comedy with a werewolf in quote. So <laughs> fair enough. I, I'm intrigued. Yes. I don't I have no clue what to make with that, but I I like Zodiac, so there we go. And yeah, absolutely. Um, no, but there's there's a bunch of good lines I think uh, that are comedic in this, and so if like you block in and appreciate what he's doing as an actor and like that balancing act, I think you'll really like this movie. It is small. Yeah. It is definitely small, um, despite the sort of uh, awesome success it had in France, which is great, and the awards it picked up. Um, yeah, it, it probably does feel smaller than your average Sundance film even. Um, yeah. so that makes some sense there. And he is an actor. I will certainly be on the lookout for first and foremost. And then, yeah, I want to see what else he does behind the camera as well. Absolutely. Craig, awesome. 
I'm glad we watched this one. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, if you've seen it, let us know. If you've seen the short, let us know too, because I need I still need to check that out, and we'll try to do mm-hmm. so before the next time we talk. And then we're back next week to tee up another Thunder Road. Thunder Road, yeah. Thunder Road. <laughs> um, who knew? It's it is a good title, so yep. why not uh, go back to that well? That's what we're gonna do, and uh, come join us. Any last words, Craig? Uh, uh, um. Don't uh, don't have a mental breakdown if you can help it. Especially if you're a cop. I mean, I know that's a stressful job, but when you yeah. have a gun strapped to your side. It's, it's not that I know. It's, it's a lot to ask, and I know it is, but mm-hmm. let's just not do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Talk next time. 